The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Initiative, Welcome to the Avengers Initiative Hawkeye, a PapiChuloRadio.com original series. PapiChulo Radio celebrating a decade of podcasting excellence. Today is Tuesday, November 30th, 2021, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During this podcast, we'll be having an in-depth discussion on Disney Plus's Hawkeye. Please welcome my co-host, Professor X. Bro. And Priscilla Rocha. Can you sign my bow, bro? All right. Fantastic. Let's jump into our discussion of Season 1, Episode 2, which was titled Hide and Seek, and debuted November 24th, 2021, via Disney+. Plus. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. Clint has to help Kate disentangle herself from the tracksuit mafia and a real-life murder mystery. Dun, dun, dun. All right, let's talk about this. We pick up exactly where things left off in the previous episode. So I'm actually kind of glad Disney Plus released both episodes on premiere night. So the first question that I want to ask both of you is about the Kate Bishop, Clint Barton dynamic. Because that, that, that was the episode, Pretty much. I mean, it was Kate and Clint interacting. Kate really, 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 really wanting to interact. And Clint, not so much. Professor, talk about Kate and Clint together. Oh, they are just fantastic. I don't know if, if you're familiar with this, but you know, there's a, a series of Looney Tunes cartoons where there's like the big bulldog and the little dog who's always oh, jumping yes. up and down, jumping up and down. That's the dynamic that they have. You know, Kate is just totally, you know, and, and it's not crushing. It's not romantic. It is. She's meeting her hero. She's meeting the guy who inspired her to want to do this. She's meeting an actual Avenger. And for her, it's, it's a bit like, you know, celebrities sometimes say that, you know, celebrities who are good with the public realize that for us, this is the biggest day of your life that you're meeting this celebrity. For them, it's just another day. Um, and so for her, this is like, oh, my God, I mean, this is so cool. Whereas he is all about the mission, which is got to get that costume you know, got to, and then, you know, and everything just, you know, keeps spiraling out of control. But even as they're walking down the street and she's, you know, are you doing tactical recon? You da 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 da. Um, and you know, their, their exchanges like that. And he is, you know, keeping it to an absolute minimum. You know, he's, uh, he's, he's just, he's, he's all business and she's all, you know, the excitement of, of meeting a real live Avenger. I, I love their dynamic. It is so, so good. It was magical. Priscilla, would you co-sign that? Or what'd you think of, uh, Clint and Kate together? <laughs> I thought it was cute. I thought it was adorable that that she was so eager, beaver, and just like, hey, love me, like, please tell me things, it's inspire me, like, notice me, senpai, me. senpai, notice me. Huh? 
Does Senpai notice me? Yes, it's very much Senpai notice me. And Clint Barton is just very much like, brush shoulders off, like insignificant dust on me. Like, this is this is not much of anything for me. This is just another day. Like, it's it's nothing to him. He He's just, she's annoying almost especially i i got the feeling that she was annoying especially when he was when he was cleaning her wound like that that he's like god dang it like you can't do anything right <laughs> yeah yeah that's funny yes that, that is a good point yes uh, i enjoyed kate and clint together it was fantastic i mean her excitement over him and his total like you know, this is just job. I just need that damn outfit, and then I'm gone. Like, uh, the vibes were so opposites that it was just fantastic to see them together. Let's continue on with Clint with his journey to uh, get the Ronin costume back. Like, uh, okay, so, th- I mean, there are, there are a couple things that, that end up happening that, um, or I should actually say that's important. Number one, um, Armand III's death is kind of being attached to the Ronin. Um, so there is that. Uh, Kate's apartment gets burnt down by the tracksuit mafia. There's that as well. We'll talk about the fight sequences uh, in a moment. And so when uh, Clint goes back to her apartment to get the Ronin outfit, it's not there. And so a simple social media search shows that uh, one of the firefighters ended up taking it, and he's using it at a LARP event, L-A-R-P, which stands for Live Action Role Playing Game. Can I just tell you, I didn't know this existed. Like, I've been to a Renaissance festival, and I know that people really get into that kind of stuff, you know, with that. But I had no idea that LARP type of stuff happens in the world. Did you know live-action role-playing existed? No! It's been in, like, the... that nerd show. (laughs) Shout-out to the nerd show. (laughs) I forgot what the heck it was called. Not the nerd show. Um, Big Bang Theory? Big Bang Theory, yes. Okay, I've never seen Big Bang. Sorry. I'm not about that life. But, um, no, I did not know this existed. I'd just so like th- to point out that people who are doing a podcast about a TV show are calling something else nerdy. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I have the kettle for you on line one. Yeah, well, you know. So, yeah, so I had no idea this existed, and this was fascinating to me. It was a new world for me. Like, you got to sign, like, little sheets and register... And you got to commit to the game and all this kind of stuff. And Hawkeye had to commit to the bits. And he was really not down to commit for anything. He just really wanted the suit back. Because it's Christmas, my people. And he has sent his children home to, to his wife. And he just wants to make the gingerbread houses. And he wants to watch the Christmas movie marathons. And he wants to trim the tree, people. Can he just get the fucking suit back? But no, he has to do the LARP. So let's talk about Clint's journey with getting the Ronin 
outfit back and having to commit to the bit. Priscilla? <laughs> oh my god. Are we talking about the live action role playing? Yes. Oh my god. I I at first, I felt bad for Clint, because he, at the very beginning, he's like, do I really have to do this? And he had to get into the suit. He had to have, like, what was it, 2 HP? 1 HP? Like, he was basically, like, a little nothing in in the midst of that world. But he went in and with that with that little rubber sword, and he was taking out people left and right with his Ronin skills, and just, Wow. You could tell that this is an Avenger in a world where there's just a bunch of nerdlings around you trying to use their rubber swords to take you out, but they're not going to because you're obviously outclassing them. And, oh my god, it was hilarious when he finally gets to Grills and Grills is like, let me kill you! Let me kill you! <laughs> and he's like, I'll give it to you if you just let me let me win. He's like, I just, I killed Thanos! Are you really going to make me die? But, yeah. And he had to die in the most embarrassing way possible in front of a group of a a bunch of people holding up their cell phones and looking at him while he had to mooch up the scene and make it look real. And I'm saying it real in in quotations here because... It's never going to look too real, but yeah, it was just, it was hilarious. I loved it. You had to die in front of a bunch of nerds. Yup. Yeah. Can I just say the amount of restraint that he had to have, because nobody got hurt. Like nobody got really hurt. I mean, everybody was dying, but it's all, you know, fake role-playing shit, but nobody got really hurt. Like he could have hurt those people. But he did it. Like, he held back. He played the game up until the end, even though he really didn't want to. So I got to give him props for committing to it. Professor, everything L-A-R-P. And and Grills, what did you think of of Hawkeye jumping into the world of live-action role-playing? This scene was the equivalent of Rogers the Musical, in that it was over-the-top, absolutely crazy, and perfect. Everything about this was great when, you know, he first comes over and, you know, we're seeing the scene from over his shoulder and you just see his head slump. Oh, God, what am I going to have to do here? You know, he runs into the woman who won't let him go past. And, you know, um, you know, she basically, you know, thwarts him. You know, she, you know, even with her superpowers, uh, the power of bureaucracy is something that you can't overcome. Uh, love the, the slow motion of him going through it, you know, almost shooting it like it's an actual fight scene. Um, but, you know, and his expression all the way through it is just... Just the sheer pain and misery of why do I have to do this? Why do I have to do this? He meets Grills and says, look, here's how it's going to go down. Uh, I can either fake stab you with a fake sword or I can punch you for real and I can take that costume off you. Grills says, let me kill you. They fight in the circle. Uh, he refuses the potion and everyone reacts. Oh, he refused the potion. They start fighting and there's a guy in the crowd going ching, ching every time their blades touch. Oh, yes. God. Uh, and then he finally, you know, they, he, he gets killed. And then, you know, what's, what does the crowd start shouting? Burn the corpse. Burn the corpse. Uh, but then, and I was honestly, I was a little afraid that Grills was going to like, you know, try to keep the costume or something like that. But then Grills just says, hey, man, you know, you did this for me that you did me a solid. And, uh, you know, it, it would be great if Grills somehow came back and, you know, uh, was able to help him out, you know, in a future scene, you know, if there's a fire or something like that. 
you know, sort of a, you know, Clint getting some good karma uh, for that experience. And, um, and, you know, just, it was, oh, it was so pitch perfect done. And again, just the, the weary resignation of Hawkeye being stuck in this situation, as he said, I fought Thanos, um, you know, and, you know, he's, he's being stymied by role players, but I mean, he does get the suit in the end. So, you know, playing along, uh, you know, doing things, you know, their way ended up being the right call to make, but boy, I just, I loved everything about this scene. I've watched it twice. I could watch it so many more times. It is just so, so good. I 100% agree. And I would love Grills uh payoff. You know, I would love to see Grills again and 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 do exactly what you said professor. Like I hope that actually ends up happening before the series ends. And also there's something you know and again, you know, we mentioned we were talking last episode about, you know, Hawkeye is, you know, He's reluctant. He's, you know, it, it, it's a bit like, you know, in the, um, yeah, it, you know, previously, you know, when, you know, he was, you know, hiding himself as a firefighter, he could have just swaggered in there and said, look, I'm Hawkeye of the Avengers. Uh, I need to go in there. And they would have probably parted and let him go in there. You know, he's an Avenger, but he doesn't want to do that. He doesn't want to draw the attention. He doesn't want to, you know, make the big deal of himself. And so for him to do it like this, and again, I think there was a little echo of that in what Grills was saying to him, uh, when Grills was thanking him and saying, you know, you don't realize how much of a big deal this is for me, uh, for all of us that you're here. And, you know, again, it's, you know, uh, I think, you know, again, the idea of, you know, an Avenger as a celebrity, um, you know, the celebrities the people like Tom Hanks who always take time out for their, their fans and stuff like that are, are the people that are remembered and loved, um, you know, because, you know, it, that does become the very, you know, this was the, as Grill said, the biggest day of his life. He's a firefighter. He saves lives on the reg, but for him, this was his biggest day. Uh, and for Clint, you know, to not, you know, and to, for Clint to have someone tell him what it means, uh, for him to do that, I think is, is, is an important thing that I think Clint needs to hear more of that if he's going to open up and, uh, and be a little less, uh, uh, um, uh, grumpy, uh, towards the end of the series. I wonder if that's going to be the character development for Clint over the course well, of the series. I kind of feel like it has to just because he's going to be exposed so much to Kate and Kate seems to have sort of like that plucky optimism. I feel like that has to just rub off a little bit on Clint by the end of the series. Cause he is very gruff at the start of the series and, and clearly he should be gruff. I mean, he's been through a lot and, and now he's kind of having to deal with, you know, everything he did as Ronan, uh, you know, it's coming back to bite him in the Tukus. So I feel like that has to be a part of his storyline, like dealing with the Ronan, that he had created as well as maybe lightening up just a little bit, appreciating life as much as Kate does. Well, there is that scene where he and Kate are walking along and Kate is basically talking about rebranding him. And he says, Hey, I don't need to be rebranded. I'm not selling anything. And Kate says to him, yes, you are. You're selling inspiration. And that's, uh, that's something that I don't think, uh, Clint necessarily realizes is, mm-hmm. you know, the importance that he has. In the, and, and again, he could be, you know, when the, all the other Avengers were around, he could be there in the background. He didn't have to be foreground. He wasn't selling inspiration. When you've got Captain America on your team, he'll sell the inspiration. Thor will sell the inspiration. Iron Man will sell the inspiration. But now he sort of is in a situation where he's not that comfortable. And again, we're, we're you know, being reminded of that. And, and you know, I, I don't think it's it's uh, it's incidental. Now, does that mean that, you know, Hawkeye will be, you know, running around in, in a full purple costume, uh, you know, comics accurate, absolutely stupid headgear they used to wear? I hope not. Um, but, yeah, I do think that's going to be, you know, uh, you know, if, if the arc of the six episodes is Kate learning to be a hero, it's going to be, uh, you know, Clint's, you know, maturation uh, would be 
probably then be, you know, accepting his role as a hero. Mm-hmm. I like that. We'll have to wait and see or Clint I... saying, screw this and, you know, going off with his family. <laughs> exactly. Which, I mean, I mean, he's done that before, so that wouldn't be that surprising. Let's rewind and talk about the tracksuit mafia attacking Kate's apartment. Kate Bishop! Molotov cocktails for everybody. <laughs> Let's talk about this. Priscilla, your take on uh, the tracksuits at the apartment. <laughs> I love where I love when she throws the when she inadvertently throws the fire extinguisher and the guy's like, "Go on, throw another one." <laughs> <laughs> it was my it was one of my favorite scenes of the entire episode, besides the LARP scene, which was great. But um, yeah, I thought that the whole the whole scene with the with them figuring out the where she lives based on the fact that she's got her name plastered on the bottom part of the apartment complex and she didn't even like try and get the tail away from her she just went into the apartment complex and just buzzed herself in I was like oh this is bad this is like wow like you're not even Batman you're wanting it anymore you're just you're just a normal kid getting into trouble with crime. Like there, there's, there's no sense of subtlety or cunning there at all. That was, that was just a big, that was a big blunder. That was a big blunder. Well, clearly her apartment went up in flames. I mean, that poor apartment. Although for being a rich girl. I mean that wasn't the nicest of apartments. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm also saying like she brushed off her apartment going up in flames like it was nothing too. Like oh okay. Well, that was the the rich white people problems. Yeah, again. Yeah. That's that's weird. Well, I mean she she has money, so it it sort of fits in with the character. So that wasn't that surprising. I mean, she has a gorgeous... I have no idea where that the her mom's home is. Um, Park Avenue or wherever. I mean, that place is gorgeous. Like, good grief. Spectacular apartment. She can always go back to that. I don't know if she's going to want to stay there, because apparently we're already accusing her mother of doing a fairy shit. But um, when she's going to be like a budding hero, I don't think she should actually live in the villains there. But, um... But yeah, she does have a gorgeous apartment that she can go back to. Because that one was kind of like a little crummy. I'm just saying, you know. Anyway, uh, Professor, anything to add in regards to, you know, the tracksuit mafia and uh, everything that happened with Kate's apartment? First off, Kate has a fantastic apartment. You guys have oh. no idea what New York real estate uh, costs. Do you, Professor? Uh, um uh, I, I know, uh, like a little place like that would cost more than you could possibly imagine. Oh, okay. um, you know, for someone to live on their own, and you know, with the, you know, it, it was it was totally in a a funky chic style that's you know totally uh, you know to her thing. And remember, she's a student; she's only there for you know a few months out of the year. So uh, yeah, I think uh, I think it was intended to indicate that she's uh, you know sort of uh, 
uh, very uh, got a very boho sensibility. Um, I love the the tracksuit mafia because you know as I mentioned last episode they were actually vaguely competent in the last episode. This was the tracksuit mafia that we know and we love from the comics. They are just bro, 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 and totally, totally incompetent. Like just so dumb you know like and, and like the lines that they're using with each other you know at, at, at one point you know you were on fire you were like a shish kebab um it was just great and and you know as priscilla said the scene where you know the uh uh the uh, the fire extinguisher comes down and you know throw another one um but yeah no they're just so so clueless um i love the way they played that uh and also you know just that little you know again the idea of kate learning to become a hero from you know clint who's who's got more experience with these things um so you know they're there the the place is on fire and she's her reaction is you know my my place is burning down what about my stuff and clint's reaction is grab the dog and go that's the only thing that matters and again, the hero's, uh, you know, attitude is you save people or in this case, pizza dog. Um, and, you know, you come back for the stuff later. But, you know, the important thing is to save who you can save and then, you know, move on to the next problem. Um, so, again, just, you know, sort of leading by example. Uh, he did that. And then, of course, setting up the, you know, delightful, uh, you know, getting supplies, you know, just, you know, basically, you know, just going to a bodega and uh, picking up the stuff was was great. Yes, I agree. So much fun. So let's let's take a quick detour into the serious, because um, Kate has her suspicions, uh, you know, directed towards Jack, and she tries to talk to her mom about it, but she's like, no, 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 like, what are you talking about? And she ends up challenging Jack to a fencing duel. It's um. Hella intense, I will say. Words are thrown as well. Um, we do see Jack offer Kate at one point a monogrammed butterscotch. Priscilla's keeping her eye on the butterscotches um, because she's she's she thinks those are clues, and I will co-sign with that. Uh, Professor, I'll ask you first. Kate and Jack, what did you think of their dynamic throughout the episode? Because we did see them a couple different times leading into the fencing duel. Yeah, I, I, I'm loving their dynamic. I mean, it's it's obvious that uh, uh, that Jack is being uh, presented as a foil for Kate. Foil, you see what I did there? It's a little ah. fencing joke. Um, but um, uh, again, I, I just feel it, it. You know, it's like I said last episode. I would not be surprised if he ends up helping her in some way, uh, because it's so obvious that uh, that he is uh, an oppositional character. But that said, you know, her opposition towards him. You know, even before you know she you know comes to you know uh, question whether it had anything to do with uh, Armand's death. It's simply that, you know, she's the, you know, she's going to be her stepfather. She doesn't want that. You know, she, he is, you know, an intrusion into her life. So it, it, it makes perfect sense that he, she would have this reaction. And as, you know, Jack pointed out, he did read a book about it. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm really loving their dynamic. And I also like the fact that, you know, it, it's, it's really interesting during the, the fencing scene where he is, you know, where she scores the hits on him. And it can either be read that, you know, he's trying to ingratiate himself with her by letting her score the points or he's goading her. Because he knows how good she is, and he knows that she knows how good he is, or has a sense of how good he is, um, and that he's basically mocking her. Um, and I got the sense that it was more mocking than anything else. You know that, that clearly this guy is good enough with the sword that he doesn't regard Kate as any sort of a threat. 
it, it was just, uh, you know, an interesting take on the character, you know, uh, because, you know, prior to this, you know, Jack has been presented as, you know, a bit of an amiable doofus. And here was where we really saw the steel in him. The fact that he could be a very dangerous character uh, if you cross him. So, um, yeah, I, I really like that. You know, we, we got some really great character development out of that. And also Kate's sense that, you know, you know, telling her mom, look, I, I proved he was lying. He's a much better swordsman than he thought he was. And her mom going, yes, yeah, so what? Doesn't prove anything. It, you know, it, it's, it's kind of that, you know, Kate is in the wrong here. You know, because as far as we know, until the, the scene with the butterscotch, you know, Jack really hadn't done anything wrong except you know, you know, steal the, uh, the sword and, uh, and be in that, uh, uh, thing. It's, it's more that you know, it's just Kate's mistrust of him. Uh, that is the problem rather than things that he has specifically done to warrant that mistrust from her. Professor, are you as focused on the butterscotch candies as Priscilla is? It seems a bit obvious to me. I mean, now, you know, yeah. And, and again, we did see the, but you know, Armand was his uncle. And, you know, I'm an uncle, and if my nieces or my nephew visit me, I might give them a candy. They're not monogrammed. They might just grab a candy out of the bowl, and that doesn't mean that they killed me. Um, so, I mean, it, it, I don't think it's, it's obvious that he uh, – that just because he has a, uh, a butterscotch in his pocket, it means he killed his uncle. Okay. He does have the Ronin weapon, though. Yes, but he could kill him with anything, really. Okay. With, like, a candlestick? Well, no, because he was stabbed. I mean, okay. unless it was a very sharp candlestick. Well, you know, they do make those, I think. Uh, okay, Priscilla, your take on everything Jack and Kate. Uh, are you still keeping a close eye on the monogrammed butterscotches? Do you enjoy butterscotch? I'll be honest, I'm not that much of a fan. I like butterscotch. I think it's one of those enjoyable old people candies. <laughs> okay. See, I like the ones that are in the little strawberry um, yes. wrapper. Those are good. Those are so good. Mm-hmm. The ones that you don't know why, like, you don't know where you buy them, but they're suddenly they're, they're just there. Where do they come from? I feel like they just appear. Yep. Yeah. All right, but continue on. <laughs> but I... I know that it seems like an obvious clue, but it's Disney. Disney does obvious clues because people How don't watch you. TV smartly. They need obvious clues. So stuff like that matters. I, I could totally... But this is Marvel. Marvel loves a misdirect. Marvel does love a misdirect. Yes, that is. the professor is speaking facts. That is true. Hello, yeah. Mephisto. <laughs> that is incredibly true. I think Jack just suggested that Jack is Mephisto. Hmm, interesting. <laughs> yes, Jack did suggest Jack is Mephisto. Well, maybe. I'll, I'll turn around on the candies for now. But... No, but I do feel like you have something with the candies. Like, I would not be surprised if we keep on seeing the candies. I mean, I would love to continue seeing the candies because it's just ridiculous. Monogram butterscotches. But uh, maybe the candies do have something to do with something. Maybe he did see him before that, like during that night, and took some took some of the butterscotches in his hand. So that mm-hmm. proves that he was there that night. But it doesn't prove that he killed him. Maybe if Eleanor has a butterscotch. Yes. So I'm keeping an eye out for that. Okay. What about the dynamic? The dynamic between... Kate Armand, and Jack. Between Kate and Jack? Ooh! Oh my god. 
that was weird. I that 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 whole fight scene was just it was her poking at him with the foil of just being like, "Hey, come on. Show me what show me what you got. Come on. Bring bring out your 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 A game." And he's like, "Ha! You're not even worth it. I'm not even going to like this these are two it it it's kind of like how it is with Clint in that in that sense that both of these men just don't want to mentor, don't want to like show that they've got skills to Kate because they just don't really see that much potential in her. Ooh, so you're saying we're we're getting a lesson in misogyny? Yeah. All right. Very nice. Okay. I can dig it. I want to rewind for half a second because I was going to ask this when we were talking about the LARP thing and I forgot. But what do we think was if he, if he would have taken the potion? Like, that was something I can't, I, I kid you not. Like, that stuck with me throughout the episode. I was like, I wonder what was going to be in that potion. Super strength or something? I guess nobody. He was imaginary, so it wouldn't have had any effect on Clint. He wasn't playing along. <laughs> I know, but in the live-action role-playing, it counted for something. I wonder if it gave him maybe a, little, a couple more ticks of HP or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was just it was funny because the line was spectacular. He's like, "Oh my god!" All right. Speaking of "Oh my god," so uh, Clint ends up allowing himself to be captured by the tracksuit mafia. Now, here's the thing. Kate doesn't know that this is all a part of Clint's plan. This is important because it comes back to, to bite Clint in the tuchus, um in, in a little bit. So he allows himself to be captured by the tracksuit mafia. It seems as if what I'm gathering based off of uh, their reaction to him, they think he's Ronan. Clearly, we know he's Ronan. Hello. But he's like, oh, you know, you got the wrong guy. You think that's me? And this is the other? Like, there's like a whole bit of dialogue about that. Um, unfortunately for him and his plan, because it did seem like he actually had a plan, uh, because he, he easily, you know, um, uh, removed whatever it was that they were using to tie him to the chair. Uh, Kate shows up, and she gets captured herself, which kind of ruins everything. Uh, so let's talk about this. I, we'll talk about the mysterious lady in a moment. But let's talk about how this ends up happening. I mean, if Clint just answered his phone, like it would have been like, I got it handled. I don't think this would happen. But clearly, we need more of Kate and Clint together. So they had to get captured together. Right, Priscilla? Of course. Of course. They had to get captured together. Yes. Like, they have to show more of a dynamic. They have to grow together. Like, and it's not going to happen unless Kate just shoves herself in situations with him. But... I gotta admit, it was kind of weird seeing her use that um, that tracking device. Well, she, well, her family bishop security. 
I, I no, it wasn't weird that she had that stuff. It was weird that she used it. It like so off the cuff, like 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 it like it didn't phase her to use it on somebody that that she knew. Oh, you, know okay. you I, wanted a little bit of struggle, like oh, should I use this to find him? Should I respect his privacy? Yeah, something okay. like that. Because. God, like even in DC, Batman had trouble using the whole, <laughs> the whole Fox Industries thing when he was trying to find Bane, and they 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 they, they wasted a whole bunch of time on that trying to trying to get him to get to to use it. But with this one, she just did it with a click of a button really quickly. I mean, you got to use the tools that are at your disposal, I'm just saying, you know? That's, That's how true. I know where both of you are right now. I'm just saying. <gasps> I know. Shock and awe. Professor, do you have anything <laughs> to add in regards to uh, the the whole capturing type of thing before we talk about the lady? Uh, well, again, the uh, the uh, establishing, you know, just what the, uh, the tracksuit mafia is like, you know, when they first grab... Uh, Clint, you know, he has the line, guys, I can see through the bag. Um, you know, and it's just, oh, you yes, know, there's, yes. there's little things reminding us how incompetent they are. And then them getting into discussion about how difficult it is to to find a place because, you know, everything is being turned into lofts. And the one guy getting really pissed off because he thinks Clint is dissing their uh, their hideout. Uh, again, that's that's totally what the tracksuit mafia is like in the comics. And I am loving it. You know, just, uh, you know, I mean, they're dangerous. They're a bunch of lunatics with guns, but they're also really, really dumb and uh, and hilarious as a result. Um, you know, I, I don't mind, uh, you know, Kate immediately jumping. You know, Kate is, you know, wanting to be a hero. She she realizes Clint must be in trouble because someone else answered his phone. And uh, she's immediately going to, you know, leap to, to try to save him. Also because she has this really great, you know, uh, these clues that she wants to share with him. Um, so again, she's being presented as, as a very impetuous person. Uh, and that's pretty consistent for her and again part of her development is going to have to be that she's going to have to not be quite so impetuous i would think because again when you're looking for things that are going to piss off uh you know jeremy renner's uh, hawkeye you know that sort of impetuous act acting without thinking it through or in this case you know not even you know necessarily you know doing the wrong thing for the right reasons is still you know going to piss him off because you know i can't believe i have to deal with this you know he's uh, he's very much the uh, you know the the tired guy just oh god why do i have to deal with all this nonsense and to have her crash through again a great line oh, i didn't realize uh, we were supposed to bring guns um yeah it, it, it was really good and yeah i agree with uh, what Priscilla said, though, that you have to get them back together. You know, you have to have these two characters together if they're going to have the character development that we need them to have, you know, over the coming episodes. So it was necessary. It was a bit forced, sure. Um, you know, the fact that she would just crash through the skylight right in front of him, you know, yeah, it's, 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 it's forced, it's a bit silly, but, you know, it was hilarious in its own right. Ain't that the truth. So we meet a mysterious woman who seems to be... The boss, the leader, at least, you know, the person in charge of the tracksuit mafia. Can I just say she looks way more capable than the tracksuit mafia does in, in, in totality. We do not know her name based off of the episode because it just kind of ends with her. Based off of casting news and this, that, or the other, we know, at least I'm assuming the three of us know, that she is Maya Lopez, a.k.a. 
Echo now. Yup. Yes. We we did not get much with her, so our next conversation about Echo really will be just theorizing. But we're going to theorize in a Mephisto kind of way right now. Because I, I do want to give a little bit of her backstory, as well as the backstory of the Tracksuit Mafia. Because there is a connection between these two entities and another character that kind of regally sashays around the MCU. You know? He doesn't sashay, he lumbers. He lumbers, well yeah. But I was going with regal and, and regal, well regal people can lumber as well. But a certain king, you know, that likes to bowl, you know, the pins, um, is kind of involved with all this. So, I'm just saying, I don't know if this is a Mephisto situation. Maybe this could be a Kang situation, because we were like, Kang, 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 and Kang popped up. Uh, this is another K word, uh, King Pin. So maybe he'll pop up. I don't know, but uh, right now it's it's a, just a moment. What f- just let's discuss the moment with Maya Lopez. You know, tiny little moment. Are we excited and theorizing? Do we think we will see Kingpin? Um, would any of you like to fill our listeners in on the connection between the tracksuit mafia and Echo and Kingpin? Um, who wants to start first? I guess nobody wants to start first. Okay, Priscilla, there we go. All I know is that I know she's Echo, and I know that Echo is going to have her own series, and I know that Vincent D'Onofrio, who plays Kingpin, has been tweeting about Hawkeye a lot. And (laughs) I know that that the Kingpin is... Echo's adopted dad in the comics. Mm-hmm. So, putting all putting all of these stuff together, you assume that he's probably gonna maybe have a guest spot on the show, or he's probably gonna have a guest spot on Echo, which is coming up soon. But I'm hoping he has a guest spot on Hawkeye instead. All right, Vincent D'Onofrio, are you being a Mark Ruffalo? Talking a little too much than you should be. I'm just saying. Maybe not. Maybe it is obvious. So he's like, oh, if it's fucking obvious, let me just start tweeting about it. Professor, your thoughts on the teeny, 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 tiny little moment that we had with Echo. And uh, please feel free to wax poetically about any theories that you might have about anybody in particular. Well... Before I get to Echo, I would like to mention, you know, we we we're sort of agreed that, you know, the tracksuit mafia are, you know, a complete bunch of losers. But there's one guy that they keep, you know, shooting slightly different from the others. He's never wearing a tracksuit. Um, you know, he's wearing an overcoat. He's younger than the rest of them. I think he's got to be significant in some way. Um, you know, he's he's not just one of the uh, the members of the, the tracksuit mafia uh, like the other ones are. Yes. Um, so I think we should keep our eye on him because we saw him in the first episode. We saw him again in this episode. Again, just sort of sitting aside from the others, um, you know, not behaving like the rest of them. So, um, yes, uh, yeah, Echo I believe is, his name is, is Kazi. If if yeah, he's the young looking one. I'm looking yeah. at his picture right now. So yeah, we should keep our eyes on him. I agree. 
Um, Echo, I, I really like the actress they've got playing Echo. She has a nice intensity to it. Um, you know, they're they're playing her as someone who is uh, you know hearing impaired, which is interesting because of you know Clint being in the situation because you know they've just introduced his hearing impairment now, uh, and we saw him doing a little ASL with uh, with uh, one of his sons, uh, you know, in the previous episode. So uh, I think that's interesting. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, would I love to see Vincent D'Onofrio show up? Yes, because that would suddenly mean that all the Netflix uh, Marvel series were now linked to this. Um, I think that would be great. That would sort be awesome of, kind because, of, but not yeah. really, because remember, we have variants. Uh, sorry, what? I said sort of, kind of, but not really, because remember, we have variants. Uh, I do remember reading... Oh, yeah, we're talking about the TVA stuff? Y- yes, but, but I do remember okay. reading that, um, that um, if we were to see any of the Netflix stuff. This was like when the whole Daredevil it potentially is going to be on She-Hulk and maybe even in uh, Far From Home. Uh, is that what it's called? Whatever the whole... No Way Home. Whatever. Um, that if we see some of these Netflix characters again, it, they're going to be variants. It's not going to be the exact uh, same character that we saw in the Netflix shows. That's what I've read supposedly. Well, even if he's a variant, I thought Vincent D'Onofrio played a great kingpin. Uh, and so, you know, if we can get him back, I think that would be fantastic. Um, so, yeah, it, it's also, you know, again, with the, the possibility of the kingpin, uh, there was a throwaway line that uh, Hawkeye had um, that I can't imagine was thrown in for no reason. I think there's going to have to be a payoff to it, where Hawkeye mentioned that, you know, Tony had sold Avengers Tower a few years back. So who bought it? Who owns Avengers Tower now? Oh, my would have that Lord. Kind of That's interesting. Because a lot of people were thinking someone else whenever I read theories online about it. But Kingpin owning Avengers Tower? That might be kind of interesting. Yeah, uh, that's fascinating. Um, Okay, so Professor, Tracksuit Mafia and Kingpin, are they connected in the comics? Uh, not directly as far as I remember. I mean, it's, it's been years since I read the comics. I was going to reread them, but I didn't want to have it coloring uh you know my uh my interpretation of this too much uh, i don't recall because they're very low level like just losers and kingpin you know say what you will is is a worthy adversary of like spider-man daredevil etc so you know he's he's not someone who would you know it's not like they're part of his crew or anything like that they might be a group that he would use occasionally um you know and possibly you know that's that's why you know if, if he is using them in some way maybe that's why he has uh, echo uh you know with them or it could be that you know echo is trying to prove herself to her father or something along those lines um but yeah i don't think there's any sort of direct connection between uh them and king at least not that i remember Okay, and uh, Priscilla didn't mention that there is a direct connection between Echo and Kingpin. In the comics, is there a direct connection between Echo and the tracksuit mafia, or is this something where they're just kind of combining different elements from, you know, just the the Marvel Comics uh, comic book universe and, and, and making these interesting connections just for the series? Uh, I don't recall. Uh, honestly, I don't recall Echo being associated with Tracksuit Mafia. But as I say, it, it's been years since I read uh, My Life as a Weapon. Okay. Now, what I do want to confirm, if either of you know this, I think maybe the professor does. Uh, um, Echo in the comics, she starts off as a villain, but then becomes heroic-ish at some point. No idea. I'm really not that uh, familiar with the character, but I think oh, if, okay. if they're going to give her a Disney Plus series, I can't get, see them giving a villain a Disney Plus series, Loki notwithstanding. Well, 
Agatha's getting her own. I'm just saying. Agatha, yeah, she's not really a villain. Agatha's not a villain. Well, she the was villain she... of the villain of WandaVision was Wanda. Uh, was Wanda. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, maybe we'll get Mephisto in the in the Agatha series. I'm just saying. Anyway, I believe Catherine Hahn has been trolling people with uh, with Mephisto references she uh, in reference to House of Harkness. Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. So uh, we're, we've. But Jeff, you've already established that Jack is Mephisto. So. I know he is Mephisto. He does look Mephisto-ish. I'm just saying, in the right light. Okay. Was there anything that I missed? A tiny little moment that either of you would like to chat about? Even a throwaway line that might be important before we head into the MVP? Uh, we talked last episode about, uh, well, we talked at the beginning of this episode about the dynamic between uh, uh, Clint and uh, and Kate. And, you know, just every opportunity that uh, that Kate has to, you know, be annoying, she's taking. You know, like sending in the texts. Um, you know, calling him constantly, um, you know, and, and, and every time he has to shoot it down, it's like when they're walking along the street, I know you have to stay on this side. Why? You know, I can only hear you on this side. Not that I want to, I have to, um, uh, and, you know, saying, you know, my number now, if you call me, I'll delete it and I'll throw it away. Um, you know, basically he's doing everything to shut her down and she's still just, you know, this bubbly, enthusiastic, oh my God, I'm, you know, with my hero. Uh, and, and, you know, again, just the dynamic of them is, is so consistent, but, you know, it's, it's just continually delightful. And even when she comes crashing down, it's just, you know, his reaction of, you know, and she comes crashing down, he's still staring up at the hole in the ceiling as if going, as, as if he's staring at the heavens going, why is this happening to me? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. I like it. Such a fun episode. You know, such a light and fun episode. Once again, something that I believe I mentioned in the previous podcast, uh, something I did not expect from the Hawkeye series. Just so much fun. So now it's time for the MVP. Wait. The most... Oh, wait, Priscilla? Did we talk about the cop who called Kate Bishop? Oh, no, we did not. Let's let's talk about it. So the it seems as if the officer is calling to... Uh, you know, get her statement, it seems, on her apartment burning down, and she kind of blows him off by saying, I'm at work, and he tells her, you know, you got to come in in the morning. Um, the professor made an interesting um, sort of correlation with how many days are left until Christmas, with how many episodes the series has. Um, now that he said it out loud, I'm starting to think about it, we are getting a day kind of each episode like we we went from morning to night or actually technically we went from night to night the next night um over this episode so we might actually be getting sort of like a 24 hour ish time frame for each episode so i would assume in the next episode we're gonna have to see where that goes did you have a theory about that priscilla what, what it can mean i feel like he suspects that she's a run-in oh good grief that's a jump that i like Whoa. Because because he's already like talking about how like were you there like with the death of like Armand Duquesne and stuff like that like he he was already like questioning her about things like that and the only person that they saw that left was the Ronin with the sword so and they they had already seen like in the at the party some the the Ronin leave with the with with the dog too so i think he's putting two and two together and he's and he thinks that she's the Ronin okay 
Professor, anything to add? Did you make that jump like Priscilla did? Are you worried? I would be, I would be surprised if the police officer has, has made that leap. I don't think they have enough evidence to go on to, to make that leap. And I think if he thought she was the Ronin, they wouldn't be asking her to come in and saying, oh, oh it's okay, you can do it tomorrow. They'd be showing up with you know squad cars surrounding her and pointing guns at her. Mm. That's okay. true. Yeah, that is true. Hmm. I'm intrigued. We'll see what happens. I mean, clearly we're going to have to see this. It was a tiny little thing that we sort of overlooked until Priscilla mentioned it. But clearly we will be following up on that, I would assume, in the next episode. All right, so it's MVP time. State which character impressed you throughout the episode and why. Once a character has been chosen, they cannot be selected again. So choose wisely. Professor, who's your MVP and why? Actually, I'd like to request to go third because the two most obvious choices, uh, I, I don't want to spoil my choice, but if the two most obvious choices are taken before I get to go, then I can take my uh, less obvious off-the-wall choice. Oh, okay. I love a less obvious off-the-wall choice. Okay, so uh, Priscilla, that means you can go first. My choice is Grills because... I thought he was funny as hell interacting with Clint, and I thought that his reaction time with with the ninja sword fighting against Clint in the LARP battle was funny as hell, too, so definitely grills. Okay. That sounded pretty off the wall, I'm just saying. Um, okay, so I'm going next, and uh, I will pick Kate. Because Haley Steinfeld was fantastic in this episode. She was so much fun. Her sheer exuberance over meeting her hero was fantastic. The way that she wanted to be so involved. Like, she was dying to be involved in everything Clint was doing was just delightful. It it was, you know, it's like the next-gen hero, you know, meeting their idol and, you know, just trying to soak up as much knowledge and experience as possible, and it was fantastic. Professor, we're hell intrigued about your off-the-wall um, uh, MVP, so it is now your turn. Well, it's a bit less off-the-wall after uh, Priscilla's choice, but I'm giving it to the woman at the LARPing thing, uh, the <laughs> one with the braids. My God, she was just so great. You know, she was she she knew exactly who Clint was. She's an Avenger, but hey, you know what? You gotta follow the rules. You know, these people, you know, this is their fun, you know, and, and she just and then to bring her back so that she was there, the one offering him the uh the uh, the bottle that he passed up. And I, I just thought she was having so much fun. Very good choice. That was off the wall in, in a spectacular. She didn't even get a name, I don't think. I yeah, think, you know, uh, she was just, you know, yeah, I, but uh, LARP lady. I, I was watching with the, uh, yeah, LARP lady, but I think she was just, you know, a woman with pigtails was the only thing she got in the uh, the captioning. But, boy, she was just so great. And honestly, you know, when you're looking for, you know, villains who have thwarted uh, Clint, she managed to do it. <laughs> uh, she should have offered the damn potion. I'm just saying. Yes. Okay. Fantastic choices, even in if 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 one was really off the wall. I think that was more off the wall than girls. I'm just saying. Uh, now it's time to rate the the episode. How would you rate this episode on a scale of one to ten arrows? The point system is allowed, and if you found the episode exceptional, deserving more than a ten, you may grant it the coveted golden quiver. So let's go in the reverse order. So the, that means. 
Professor, you go first. Uh, you know what? I was going to give it 9.5, same as I gave the first episode, but the LARPing scene, that's got to bump it up to 10 arrows. Oh, wow. All right. We got a solid 10 from the professor. Priscilla, what about you? I'm going to give it a 9.5. It bumped it up. The LARPing scene definitely gave it like the, the, the edge to bump it up. I'm going to take the point, uh, the, the, the point five points off just because for anyone who doesn't know who Echo is, that scene at the end was just kind of really anticlimactic. I remember seeing it with my boyfriend and my boyfriend was like, that's how they ended it? Who the hell is that? Why oh. be excited? I had to actually like explain to him like that's Echo, because I was following the news about it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, point nine point five. All right, nine point five, a ten. I'll give it a nine point five as well. Another solid hour of television. Uh, yeah, I'm. On the hype train with Hawkeye now. Uh, Yeah, I can't wait to see what happens next. Uh, Such a fun episode. Uh, I'm sucked into the mystery and the intrigue of it all. So on that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of the Avengers Initiative, Hawkeye. Here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Just search for The Avengers Initiative, Hawkeye, and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. My co-host, please wish the listeners a good night, starting off with the professor. Some people have called me the world's greatest podcaster. Okay. Yes, they have. I believe you. And Priscilla. (laughs) I can't talk that. Good night, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of the Avengers Initiative, Hawkeye, every Wednesday via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Poppy Chula Radio archives. Good night.